Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. If you like the Open Micers podcast, but you think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court podcast hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Dead Game is the new podcast where award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps and award-seeing comedy sidekick Carlos Longoria (laughs) use their powers of necromancy to resurrect failing or long-suffering game franchises. From Fortnite to Rock Band, D&D to Double Dragon, listen to Dead Game, where games go to get good. We also want to shout out our other patrons, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's open micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that open micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald ass head, Jacob looking in bed. It's open micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, open micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. Open micers in the house, open micers in the mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, open micers in the house. The mic is now open. Uh, the mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and that horrible, <laughs> atrocious theme song means that it is time for another edition of the Open Micers podcast, where we bring on comics and talk about their time as open micers and whatever else may happen. Our guest tonight, I'm very excited for him. He hit me up a while ago asking to come on the show, did a little research on him, and boy, was I happy. Who have gotten this DM, fellas, because this guy is a New York comedian. He is a regular at some really good clubs, including the New York Comedy Club. And he has a very funny and inventive new podcast happening called Special Quest with Matthew Silver. If you haven't seen any reels of, of it, if you haven't seen any episodes of it, please go check it out. Go follow him uh, on Instagram and and check out what the fuck this could possibly be. And we're going to get into it right now. It's the one and only Andrew Steiner. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? All right, man. So special quest. No, well, first of all, what did you think of our our theme song? <laughs> well, listen, it ha- it had some charm to it. I, I didn't. I couldn't hear the music though. I could only hear the vocals. Hmm. Um, so I I want to hear it in like high fidelity, you know, to do justice to the producers and you know the composers and all the instrumentalists that I'm sure were underneath it. Yeah, well, just just listen to it again, but imagine only knowing three chords on a guitar. Yeah, and that's how Mark Simmons made it. It's got, as they say in uh in the screenwriting business, it's got good bones. Got yeah, good bones. got got good bones, dude. Mm. I mean that that was written by quite possibly the worst looking musician we have on the coast here. <laughs> it's just god awful. Mark Simmons hey, is god awful. I love Mark Simmons, man. He's awesome. I love the yeah. theme song. I you guys are in Mississippi. Don't you have like an old blues guy to be like, yeah, open micers, doing heroin, popping that pussy. Uh, we <laughs> should. We should we should stalk ground zero for our next uh theme song. Yeah, I think a lot of the blues musicians are dead at this point. <clears throat> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I would love to have great young... <laughs> great note to start the podcast yeah. on, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> All the blues musicians are dead. <laughs> God damn. Maybe Mark Simmons will follow him soon. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> I, 
I, I'm very excited to talk about your new podcast you've got going with Matthew Silver, dude. Uh, I've I've checked out some of the stuff that y'all are doing on there. It seems just absolutely bonkers, silly as all get out. Explain mm-hmm. to everyone what it is and and what they can expect when they tune into an episode of it. Sure. Well, so Matthew is basically a performance artist and clown. He doesn't like to refer to himself as a stand-up comedian, even though he does stand-up comedy, open mics, and does stand-up comedy shows. He's like way, way more in the avant-garde. And I kind of verge on there myself. So basically, we're just taking that to the streets. Basically, we, we set up a tripod in a, in a photogenic area in New York City, usually, and we just act weird as and kind of sometimes we dance sometimes we sing sometimes we talk to people you know we, we could just get weird basically so basically every episode you go on a special quest right to do something yeah pretty much because the, the one i saw where you guys were on the like gymnastics rings and there were three <laughs> of you trying to do it and you actually hit a pretty good backflip but matthew could not he hit his head that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So um, do you just you kind of just do like kind of crazy challenge stuff like that on the street? It's not even a challenge. Like we just posted up at the park near where I live in Chinatown, and there were some exercise equipment, and we kind of played with that, and we were just played with the basketball hoop. You know, they lifted me up to the hoop, and I like climbed along the scaffolding, and then I dunked technically. You know, and then we saw a guy working on the rings and I walked over and I was like, hey, could you show us how to do that? So it was not planned. You know, it was just like being in the moment, basically. Okay. And so is that kind of what goes through your head when you're filming an episode of Special Quest as opposed to being like, well, we have to go do this one crazy thing. You kind of just like set up and see what you can film. Usually, sometimes I'll have a few things in my pocket, you know, like let's let's meditate let's lead a poem let's like make up poetry together you know that kind of thing but not always gotcha and as far as your stand-up goes your stand-up is is kind of from the same vein it seems Mm -hmm. like i know matthew's stand-up is as well but i saw a video of you uh a couple of days ago i think you were doing jump rope with a strap-on dildo (laughs) oh yeah 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 I explain mean, to I, me what's happening there. Please Listen. explain to me in in detail because I don't really know. Like, is it the handle of? I mean that that's not my closer or anything. Usually, that's not <laughs> no, my usual. Is it like closer. tied in the middle so it's just like flopping around no, everywhere? Jason, he he had it on and he was doing uh, jump ropes. It was bouncing <laughs> up and down. Yeah, I was strapped. Okay. So that so, so that was for Matthew's show, which I host sometime. His his like clown show. So. You know, the first time I hosted his clown show, I did stand up. You know, I told jokes, I did a little crowd work, and he was not happy with me. He was like, This is a fucking clown show. You got to do performance art. You got to be weird. And so since then, I've been uh, trying to make it a little different. And the, the, the bit was with that one is that I'm part of a, um, a medical testing thing. I'm getting paid to be. They're, they're studying the effects of arousal on, on exercise, like whether it makes exercise more effective. So, you know, the, they gave us these exercises to do every day, and I wanted to show them and get their opinion on, on, on the exercises. So I did push-ups with a ball gag in, 
You know, I I did uh, this <laughs> boxing thing with a nipple clamp on, and then I jumped rope with the strap-on dildo on. Nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, that's just, like, the visual is just, I, I can't get it out of my head now, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to. <laughs> also... I mean, the funny thing is, is the, the dildo wasn't your normal everyday dildo. It was, have you heard of Bad Dragon? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. It's like I, an Amazonian I, river creature's dick. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, Bad Dragon makes like 10 inch, like 5 inch wide, like tentacles and dragons. Jesus. Dongs. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> If she if she has a bad dragon at home, you know she's for the streets, bro. Like you know, don't don't mess with that. Hey, I bought my wife a bad dragon. Hey. Well, Andrew's packing. Um, He's like, Andrew's here, not leave me scared alone. Scared of anything? Nah, I don't give a fuck. Like, go play with yourself. Yeah. We'll it's like when together. I get the assist, man, from Mythical Beast. I love having a fivesome with fucking Bigfoot and a unicorn. Yeah, dude, you just tag in the centaur sometimes. Like, I gotta get up for work in the morning, dude. Yeah, it's your exactly. turn. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of bad dragons, Andrew, um, where did you grow up? Are you from New York? I'm from the suburbs of New York City, mostly Westchester, New York. But, you know, I did my first open mic in New York City in, in Queens. So I've always kind of been part of the New York City scene, even though when I was just like out of it, I would still have my toe dipped in there. Um, but for the past, I want to say like six or seven years, I've been living in New York City. How okay. old were you when you did your first open mic? I was 26. Oh, okay. 2013. So about 10 years ago. Yeah. All right. And did how much hair did you have back then? <laughs> did I, have, I I think I was just shaving my head bald pretty much or maybe I had like scraggly. It wasn't much better than this situation. When did okay. you start losing your hair? Cuz I started losing mine when I was like 18. Yeah, I think I was like early 20s, 23, something like that. And how how hard did you try to save it? Like I did everything I could that was available at the time. Like, dude, I was doing Rogaine, like all kind of shit, trying to save it. I didn't do anything. Cause I was listening to Joe Rogan a lot at the time. And he's like, just shave your head, man. I made a mistake. I did the thing and it fucking didn't work, man. Stop being a pussy shit. And I was like, you know what? Okay, cool, man. <laughs> but now I'm at the point where I'm like, wait, is it, it's not, it's definitely funnier to just grow your hair out. Like I feel more my, like it matches my onstage persona more to have stupid, ugly hair. So I'd rather have this. Andrew, are you, are you Jewish or no? I'm a full blooded Jew, man. I was, because I was about to say, it looks like you have like yarmulke hair. Yeah. yeah. It's just perfectly suited. Yeah. Right here. And then, and then no one would ever know that you're bald. With the yarmulke yeah. on. If it's big <laughs> enough. That's true. That's true. Uh, Wait, yeah, so how big is your yarmulke? Uh, uh, not that big. <laughs> Andrew, I uh, cut you off, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, well, what I do want to say, though, is I am no longer a regular at New York Comedy Club. Uh, what happened there? You know, I was a regular there. I was doing late night for a while, but I think I got a little too weird. A little too avant-garde. <laughs> 
You know, I didn't I didn't whip out the dildo or anything, but I did come in and dressed as a character a couple times and sang some songs, and I don't think the management particularly liked that at their club. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up. I definitely want to get into this. Mm. So you're a regular at New York Comedy Club. They see you. You're good at comedy. Then you decide to at what? How long after being a regular do you decide to push this envelope? Like two years. Okay, so so you've been a regular at this club for two years. But and but then when, when we're saying regular, I'm not like a paid performer. I'm doing late night, so that that's like their way of you know the best people in late night then get paid spots eventually sometimes uh, not so even you, that not even the best performers the ones that they like the most or whatever okay so you, you've been more on the cusp for two years but you've been working here regularly for two years yeah, not necessarily yeah. a regular yeah, yeah yeah all right so you've been working here regularly for two years and you decide to push the envelope a little bit with the character because what's the worst that can happen Mm-hmm. And I mean, the nothing. worst happened. <laughs> it was it wasn't even that bad. I did lose my temper a little bit, but someone was being a dick. Like one of the comics who they liked more than me was kind of like, um, I basically asked like, how much time do I have left? I was like, going to start another song, and he's like, too much or something. You know, said something kind of rude, and I was like, suck my fucking dick. You know, and. uh <laughs> I don't know. I guess I got around to management or something, but they they also they also said they booted me off. Not they didn't quote that. They basically said you've been on tour for too long, so you're no longer on the roster, which just seems like a weird thing to punish. Yeah. So you you you're too successful, and then they won't let you perform at the club. Pretty much. I mean, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was successful, but I was doing comedy on the road. Well, I'll say it for you. I mean, if you're doing road gigs, that's where the money is made. So, I mean, doing yeah, road gigs like that is... They weren't paid. Like, some of them were paid, but I was mostly doing it for the experience to get longer stage time, you know? Because I was, like, four or five years into comedy, and I was just like, okay. you know what? I want to... Uh, I wasn't opening for anybody. I just, like, self-booked it all over. And I was just like, what did I do comedy for? Is to do the road and, like have that life and experience that so even though i'm not like i wasn't a legit headliner headlining clubs i just decided i'm gonna do it and i i drove from new york to toronto all the way to vancouver down to los angeles and then up to colorado for over two months okay and so did you have good shows there some i had some terrible shows i had some great shows i headlined some open mics you know i had i did packed rooms too and uh it was a great experience yeah i mean it still sounds like all positives to me to be honest i mean like any any form of being able to book on the road like not every comic can just decide i'm gonna go do the road for two months Mm -hmm. it seems weird to punish that from your you know you're basically your home base comedy club yeah yeah but whatever you know no no bad blood i do i I'll do New York Comedy Club again, um, you know, once I have some credits and they are willing to start paying me. Right. So they weren't really paying you that well either. They weren't paying me at all. It was late night. They give you the dregs of the show, you know, of the last show. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. See, we had so a, I- a guest on last week, also named Andrew, who uh, Andrew Ferrara, who spent 
a couple of months in New York and trying to bust into the New York comedy scene. And he mm. didn't really have a, a glowing uh, <laughs> uh, review of the New York comedy scene. And he said it's a lot of pay to play. Um, mm. There's a lot of people who take an advantage of some of the newer people. And, you know, it's mm. really hard to kind of make a community because once their people are done with their sets they're pretty much off to the next you know open mics there's no real com- sense of community there yeah there's some truth to that but there's also just so many comedians and so many people taking it super seriously that like it took me about six months living here before i felt like i started making friends because i, f- I feel like people were just like oh is this guy just gonna dr- drop off i i don't have time to make friends to invest in a friendship a work friendship you know with someone who's not going to be here in six months yeah so there's kind of that vibe too and there's a little bit of competitiveness for sure at the the lower you are on the totem pole the more competitive it is kind of yeah in like terms of cattiness and talking shit and whatever not paying attention to your set and, um and it's just a giant scene it's like four or five scenes in one really because each borough kind of has its own scene and there's like the alt scene and there's kind of the like edgy scene and then there's just like everyone in between so last week andrew Farhara mentioned that he had to do some weird work to kind of make ends meet and stay in new york mm-hmm. and so that work for him entailed uh he would be a plant audience member on like the Wendy Williams show or, or, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or, um, what was it? Cheryl Underwood's show. Was that who it was? No, it was- Sherry Shepard, mm. Sherry Shepard's show. And so like she would say something and he would freak out and the, the other audience members would also freak out because he, that's what he's doing. Um, has there been any like weirder work that you've, you've done like that in New York? I mean, I've walked dogs. I've I've bicycled juice in the winter in the snow up and down Manhattan for little to no money. I've I'm okay. trying to think. I've done so many different things. I've been a barista. I've worked events that Anthony Fauci was speaking at okay. as a waiter. <laughs> you know, I've uh, I'm trying to think. There's I mean, there's been so many crazy jobs. I've been a butler. Uh, I mean, a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Uber of butlering. This app where you, you know, you go to people's houses and you throw out their trash, and uh, that's how I started my Whole Foods uh, theft habit. That got really bad, and eventually I got arrested for. And <laughs> wow. so you got arrested for stealing from Whole Foods. Yeah, I was just stealing a few hundred dollars a week for over a year. Jesus. Whoa. And, uh, and they pinched you for that, huh? Well, luckily they didn't pinch me for all of it. They pinched me for the one time they caught me, thank God. Um, and luckily I got a nice good Jew lawyer and uh, <laughs> it's not on my record. It's not on my record anymore and the statute of limitations is over so I can speak freely about it. Okay, so you didn't do any like actual jail time for that? No, I did get put in a cell, a holding cell, which was not fun, but it was well, fun. I think everyone's been put in a holding cell. $200 a week? Yeah. You said $200 a week? At least, probably more. What the hell were you stealing? 
I don't I spend that much on groceries. Well, it was from Whole Foods, Jason. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. Well, like, well, like he stole a things. loaf of bread a week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I was taking like ribeyes and crab and you know sushi, and they they have like goods there. They have like I like I took some stoneware. You know, let say stoneware, and I I took like a hoodie. I took all this crazy shit. And are there. you using it or reselling it? I was using it. I was eating it. Okay. Feeding my friends with it and my mom and uh, not that we were like poor like that, but you know, I, I want to eat good. I want to it's, eat well. Like if I'm going to get caught, I'm taking this side of beef with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, so, it's funny. I still kind of steal from Whole Foods, but legally, I steal legally now. Use coupons? No, I just return the three most expensive items. I order it on Amazon Prime. And then I return, I say, this one's a little, like, it's a little fishy. This, this uh, fish is a little fishy. And then they're like, oh, you don't need to give it back to us, and we'll refund the money to your card. And I'm like, cool. Legal stealing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Perks of, uh, perks of being a bit of a Karen there. All right. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to get on a side hustle like that. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. I'm missing out, man. So yeah. I, I want to circle back to this Butler app thing, Andrew, mm-hmm. because I am I am currently writing a screenplay that's about butlers, kind mm. of. Okay. It's about uh, a murder that takes place at the annual Butler convention, and so the Butler did it, but they have to find out which Butler did it. But it was definitely a Butler. So okay. I want to get into your experience butlering. What's this Butler app? Tell me, get, fill me with as much Butler knowledge as you have. Well, listen, it was called Alfred. Hello, Alfred. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it Perfect. wasn't, you know, I didn't have to wear a tuxedo or anything. I just went shopping, picked up groceries, picked up uh, prescriptions and dry cleaning, took their laundry in, made their beds, took out their trash, you know, wiped down the counters, left them a nice little note. Like that was pretty much the extent of it. Okay, so you leave them a, lo- a nice little note. What kind of note are you leaving people as a butler? Just like, oh, I couldn't get this item because they were out of it. I oh, that's not a nice note. I fucked <laughs> your dog. Nice your dog was asking for it. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> note would you leave, Jacob? If, if you I'd leave a, a fucking ransom note, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to see your $200 bad dragon dildo again, you need to send me <laughs> this amount of money. But I would also take naps under people's like dining room tables, and, and like, and like. Why there? I don't know. I wasn't gonna sleep in their bed. I'm not that much of an asshole. But um, you know, the couch. Yes, sometimes <laughs> I guess. Um, and I would eat. I would eat my stolen sushi lunch at like in a penthouse on the 40th floor in Wall Street, just looking over the city like I was the lord of the manor. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. See, if I, okay. if it was me, I would have left a letter that said something like, I left a poop somewhere in this house. <laughs> Give me a thousand dollars and I'll tell you where. <laughs> no, nah, but the job was good. They they were actually very nice at that company and it paid well for the time, you know, paid like 19 an hour. And they were like very, I don't know why they didn't fire me, honestly, because I would spend hours and hours at a cafe writing on the job you know, while I was still on the clock, like after a while, they only gave me two clients, I think, because they were just like, 
we want to give him the clients we want to get rid of. I think that's how they were using me. Right. <laughs> they were using you to their advantage. Yeah, because they had some like grandfathered in clients who were like paying too low a fee and they couldn't mm-hmm. get rid of. I don't know. So, all right. So be honest with me, Andrew. You're in these people's homes. How much snooping around are you doing? Are you looking in underwear drawers, medicine cabinets? I mean, occasionally, yeah. Yeah, I tried to, you know, the nicer they were, the less I snooped, you know. Right. When they were cool and I liked them, I was very, like, very respectful. All right. But did you find some stuff at, like, an asshole client's apartment? Um, You know, dildos. I smoked one client's weed once. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, nothing too crazy, I don't think. Honestly. It's the perfect crime. Because you yeah. can't be like, hey, this guy smoked my weed. Then they'll be like, you have weed? <laughs> well, now it's legal here, but back then it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Back then they would have put the full hammer of Hello Alfred Justice under this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, now, like most recently, and actually since 2018, I've been a podcast producer for work. That's my job. Okay, what uh, what podcasts are you producing right now? Right now, I'm doing this one, Charmed. Uh, it's ha- called House of Hollowell, but it's like a fan co- podcast for the show Charmed. The actors who were on the show, their podcast. Whoa, 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 okay, okay. Which actor's podcast is it? Who's who are who are the hosts of this show? They're they're. I don't think they're like that famous, you know. But in that world. Is it Holly Marie Combs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you can't just casually <laughs> drop that you produce a podcast for Holly Marie Combs and not expect me to freak out. Oh, I don't, I don't know. People knew her like that. Yeah, dude. Anyone who's seen Charmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I Jake fuck with Charmed, dude. I think Jacob just found a new podcast to listen to. Yeah, dude. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Actually, <laughs> nice. I'm sure yeah. Alyssa Milano's not on it. No, she's not. Um, Brian Krause is on it. Okay. Who was Leo or whatever. Okay. Uh, uh, and then some other guy, Drew. And, but I've produced some like pretty big name people. I mean, I worked at the Comedy Cellars podcast studio for a while. So I was producing History Hyenas for a minute and Robert Kelly's podcast for a minute. And um, I don't know if you know basketball, but JJ Reddick, I, I was his engineer for a while. And okay. Like, you know, you watch The Sopranos? Yes. So Big Pussy, I produced his podcast. Oh, nice. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, he's still, we're still kind of close. He's a good guy. We got to get Big Pussy on the show, Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) I already have Big Pussy on this show. His name's Jason Robbins. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's not cool, man. (laughs) So, so So the podcast producing pays pretty well then, I assume. Honestly, not well enough right now. You know, I left okay. the comp- company I was working. For. I mean, you know, they pay me okay for the time I'm putting in, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of struggling to meet ends meet. New York is fucking expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's too bad. Um, I mean, it, it's still cool to be producing, you know, I mean, that, that it's very comedy adjacent to be doing full time, you know, podcast producing. Um yeah. Does does that help with making your own podcast? Like, I mean, because I assume you're more well versed in knowing, like, as a podcast producer, what's what hits and what doesn't. 
Yeah, it does help, but I still have not had my own hit podcast, you know? Yeah. I like, uh, I used to have a podcast that had some like, not, they weren't even big guests back then, but like Ian Fidance was on back in the day before anyone knew who he was. And Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, my podcasts are usually not very successful. So I don't know. I don't have the uh, producer's touch to make, you know, gold, but. Uh, well, better producing other people's. Yeah, I got you. Well, maybe you and Jason should talk then, because we're yeah. in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Share notes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm happy to give my expertise, but you know, it's a it's a tough field right now because there's so many people doing it. Yeah. Right. That, that's the yeah. thing is just trying to find <clears throat> the audience. As you know, there's an audience out there, but how do you find them? And how do you get them to find you? You know, it's, there's a lot of work goes into it. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's yeah. the thing. A lot of people want to do podcasts. A lot of people over the years have come to me and, and be like, hey, will you help me do a podcast? Help me. What do I do? Do all, do all this. And people don't realize how much work actually goes into getting people to, to not, I mean, not only to like just produce the show, make it, you got to do all the artwork. You got to post everything, but just the the work that goes into doing social media, trying to to get some traction. I mean, it's it's almost yeah. like a full time job. It oh, really dude. is. While I'm at my job, I'm doing stuff for this podcast. Yeah. Whether it's uh, social media work or just trying to like scavenge people's emails to email like bigger people to get on our podcast. Like I'll I'll spend like hours and hours researching comedians who's their management how can i get a message to them you All know who was shit, dude. really cool that i had on my podcast brody stevens oh really nice cool. dude yeah he was really really nice guy it was, it was not the best episode of our podcast because he really wanted to talk about baseball and i couldn't <laughs> give a shit about baseball but <laughs> but he was a very sweet guy and did brody give you any like advice on comedy or anything like that he did. Uh, not then, but we had him on this show. He was nice enough to do like the show my friends and I were producing. And I don't remember what he said. He was just talking about Hollywood is the devil, man. The demons in Hollywood. And he's saying some crazy shit. And we were smoking weed together. And he was just very generous with his no, no advice that I really particularly remember. But I just remember him being extremely generous with his time and very sweet. Yeah. I think that's what everyone has said about Brody that I've heard is that like he he didn't seem from the outside eye like the nicest guy ever, but he was kind of the nicest guy ever. Yeah. And also, I will say he inspired my comedy a lot, you know, like just getting to see him live. Like I I do very much um, take take off from him in that I do a lot of improvisational stuff. And he had jokes like he had very solid jokes, but he would put them like sporadically and strategically in between his improvised stuff. We got to tell you guys about B-Res Coffee Company. That's right. B-Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. 
like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. So producing podcasts at the Comedy Cellar as well. Um, I mean, did, did that help, you know, with your journey as a comedian at all or no? Um, you know, in the sense that like some comedians who are past there know my face and maybe name now uh to that extent it did and the manager and the owner know my face and name and they just don't hate me because i didn't leave on a bad note uh so that's good but you know i think when it gets to the point where my name is like where i'm on all the good shows and i'm at the stand i'm not quite there yet but i think it's gonna happen you know once that happens people are gonna it's gonna be a little bit easier and quicker to get into the cellar maybe then if I hadn't done that, but who right. knows? So you're not even really thinking about auditioning for the seller right now. You, you, you still have growth to be had before you get there. It's not even that. It's just, you need three recommendations to gotcha. from comedians who are past there. And it's just like, I'm not on the shows, the, the great shows that have those comedians on them, you know, regularly. Like I'm not at the stand all the time or New York Comedy Club all the time, so bless you. Bless your soul. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was a rough one, boys. I had to hit the mute button so I can get that fucking... Oh, here comes another one, guys. Yeah, don't mute. Don't dare mute it. I want to hear all that snot. <laughs> all right, Jacob, you look like you, look like you almost snapped your neck back there for a second. It's like you got an Amazonian river dick in your ass. Yeah, dude, that was that was rough. That was a rough one, buddy. So, yeah. so even though you produce those podcasts, you don't you don't think that you know DeStefano, Pappas, or Kelly would would vouch for you to to get past there? Not really. I mean, Yas hasn't seen me do comedy. When when he found out I was a comedian, he's like, "Oh God, everyone does comedy now." He didn't even like show the least bit interest. He kind of was very dismissive. So, in a yeah. sense, it, it was kind of like very bittersweet working there because it was like getting to hang with comedians not as a comedian you know as like an other and i didn't i didn't work there long enough for them to be like invested in in me really yeah yeah i mean that that's been kind of my experience with new york comedians as well in a way i guess it's like they're kind of exasperated by like younger comedians or at least that's that's the feel I got from from one particular person that I, I opened for that came through. He was just exasperated. I was even on the show. I was mm. like, well, you you need an opener, buddy. And, mm. and then he got up there and bombed for two hours. Nice. So that was, Man, who was it? <laughs> I'll tell you off air. OK, OK. <laughs> but you probably won't be surprised. All right. I've done comedy in your neck of the woods. I don't, I don't think I did anything in Mississippi, but I did new orleans and and mandeville and lafayette maybe mm-hmm. okay yeah. so you, where where did you go mandeville had to have been mandeville social no or hideaway den i think it's that guy Corey. do you know Corey? Corey stevens this was a long this was 2018 so it, it might not be there i don't know it was five years ago 
but okay but uh whatever yeah whatever how is um so doing comedy in the south how does that compare to doing comedy in new york and and stuff like that because i've i've heard that it's very different and at the same time i've heard that like well you know an audience is an audience i mean it was sometimes really fun it was occasionally a little weird like i did one show in west florida and like what felt like just a nightmare place where everyone had confederate flags on their yeah, trailers and that, shit that's a tough nice. area to try and do <laughs> but, comedy in but it was still a fun show it was like i got to do 20 minutes and two dollar uh miller high lives and <laughs> paid me in weed it was fun you know it was, it was just fun i've had bad shows in the south and great shows but like like i just remember atlanta being amazing where all the mics had audience like in new york it's very rare to have audience at an open mic so that was really cool and you know charleston was cool um yeah there were like good shows and bad shows like everywhere but the audiences were pretty cool i just i i was thinking about this the other day though i remember i was like telling a joke and i was like you know how when you went to college and someone was like we didn't go to college and then everyone laughed <laughs> i was like oh yeah i'm not in a fucking rich jewish new york where everyone went to college which you bring up a good point too about the the audience members at the mics in new york so what do you do when you want to try out a new bit i mean because you don't have like an actual audience hardly to to work anything out with it's mostly other comics so when you want to try out a new joke like what what do you do well you tell it at the mic in front of other comedians and if you get a that means you crush (laughs) <laughs> yeah right if you if you get eye contact on stage then <laughs> yeah and and you know you can try it out at shows too and um a sandwich in between your older material or if it's a shitty show you could just do all your material and the the producer will hate you and uh whatever um yeah. but yeah just sandwich it in yeah i think we're very spoiled down here of of having the opportunity to go to a mic and then just do five minutes of straight new jokes and seeing what sticks and seeing what doesn't like, I I couldn't imagine not having the opportunity to just like try out a new bit and get, you know, immediate. Is this good or is this not? Yeah. But right now I'm on a weird adventure where most of the time, all my material is new material. Like I don't even know what I'm going to say when I get on stage most of the time now. That just sounds uh, way too frightening for me. Honestly, it I I did it a while back and it was really frightening, but now that I'm 10 years in and like I'm pretty comfortable on stage and I know my sense of humor and you know I know myself a little better and more com- yeah, whatever. I it's not it's not as scary. It's still scary for sure, but it also is way more enjoyable that makes sense it's like because i'm surprised so i'm as surprised as the audience is sometimes at at what the punchline is or what i say that's funny so i'm like i'm getting to enjoy it with them rather than just like ha i'm gonna fucking get you with this fuckers you know it feels less cynical less cynical have you ever said something that really surprised you and pushed the envelope like the n-word not no not doing that okay Um, no, no, no. Look, because that's another thing. You got to like trust. It's it's an interesting 
you bring up an interesting thing because it's like I have to trust my mind that like I'm not going to go to that place. You know, I have to like go open really wide, but not that wide. You know what I mean? Like, okay, got to be like this open, not not fucking slur open. You know what I mean? Okay. And so it's like you really have to know your mind and your subconscious mind, and yeah, yeah, for sure. So, when so you're not going full Ari Shafir up there. No, I'm not going Michael Richards up there. <laughs> so right. when you do come up with something that that really hits, like just something completely uh, off the cuff and organic, is that something that you'll keep in your back pocket for later uh, again, or is it just sort of a one-off type of thing? It depends. If there's like structure to it, where it's like can work as a joke if I refine it, then yeah, I'll I'll do that. Not that I really have recently, but like, yeah, I can go back through the videotapes and mine it for sure. But sometimes you can't because it's like if it's a revelation I'm having on stage, mm -hmm. I can't fake that energy again. I can't yeah. be like, you know, I can't be talking like like the other day I was doing a show and it, the audience wasn't really digging me that much. Um, it was the end of the show and they were tired and they were just like not super like hip weird crowd uh and i was i was talking about like i some i suddenly said like i like pickling myself and i don't know why i said that and then it brought back this memory and i was like my friend used to beat me with hangers and tickle me and i just <laughs> you know i like that memory came back and i just said it out loud and the audience erupted but i you know i couldn't i can't come to that that memory like i can't force that revelation you know yeah that sounds right. like you're bringing up traumatic memories <laughs> while you're on stage yeah it's just it was it wasn't traumatic you know because we were like you know we were both 13 year old boys fucking with each other yeah. but but it was just like a weird weird memory it's weird. so do you have any more plans to bring back the character that got you kicked out of the New York Comedy Club? <laughs> I mean, I do every now and again, you know, when the show is right. And people, people on social media, they know the character because I put out videos as him. You, I mean, you can find it probably if you look Johnny Rocket, J O N N Y Rocket. Um, so it's out there somewhere. Um, but, you know, right now I'm having fun as myself. I'm weird enough as myself right now that. I don't feel the need to become a character to give me the the license to say the things I need to say and be as free as I need to be. Yeah. Right. Well, describe to me what jo Johnny Rocket's personality is like. What what do you do as Johnny Rocket that you don't do as Andrew Steiner? I mean, like now nothing, but back then, you know, he's just a burnout, you know, ex-rock and roller. I had a long black wig. I bring my guitar out on stage just to make up songs and um i used to do the song about like having herpes and um like suck my herpes or something i don't fucking remember what it was <laughs> but uh, i once did it at this irish bar they had a music open mic and this drunk woman i just remember this was the funniest thing she was just like you're disgusting get off stage you're sick shut up you know she was losing her fucking mind meanwhile she's just like belligerently wasted and pretty disgusting as a, as a human being <laughs> that's funny <laughs>
That's funny, man. Um, Jason, is there anything else we need to hit on uh, before we, we wrap this as an episode? Um, well, I, are you going to ask him the, the normal question that we ask our oh. guests before we leave? Buddy, I'm glad you reminded me. I mean, I don't know how this could have lapsed my judgment. This is the... Because you didn't ask pinnacle. it last week. We com- You completely missed it last week, and I, I was Last week was an experience, dude. Last, last <laughs> week, Andrew Ferrara was so high that we were at the point of not having a conversation anymore. Wow. But I'm glad that you reminded me. How could I have possibly forgotten the pinnacle question of mm. open micers? This question has been asked to the likes of Sam Talent, Dave Stone, Sean Patton, some of the some of the best names in comedy right now have yeah. have this question has graced their ears and now it's going to grace the ears of andrew steiner buddy when was the last time you shit your pants the people want to know Ooh, that's interesting shit my pants full on shit my pants full on or not full on you know the last time poop touched underwear explain it to me honestly trying to remember uh well i enjoy a little bit of butt play myself (laughs) so okay you know i i think i remember biking um to a show and you know farting and then there being like shitty lube in my underwear (laughs) on the way to the show not on the way back just brown vaseline Uh, yeah so i remember that uh, that happened pretty recently. I'll say I'll I'll stick with that. They call that brown <laughs> sugar, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what that is. My, that's like, molasses, man. That's molasses. Uh, that's like, you put that in your pancakes in the morning. <laughs> See, I would think if you're if you're a bike rider, you you, you ride a bike anywhere, it, it, you're gonna get something on your underwear because of the way the seats are shaped. I mean, they're yeah. shaped to go right up your crack. I mean. Why did we make bicycle seats like that? This was also a public bicycle. Like we have a city oh. bike. So you, you're probably so someone else got. Oh, you have a shitty bike. Someone else <laughs> slipped right off that bike when they got off. <laughs> like, oh my god, why is this? <laughs> Who put maple syrup on the freaking uh, bike? Was somebody eating a, tw- a Twix? Why is there a brown streak <laughs> on here? Exactly. <laughs> if they remade Caddyshack, this is what it would be. Oh, Instead man. of the uh, milk dud in the pool or whatever, it'd be uh, freaking shitty lube on a bicycle. Shatty sack. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, Andrew, I think that's a good note to end on, buddy. Um, tell people everything they need to know. Okay. Where can they follow you online? Where can they listen to episodes of Special Quest? Where is it all at? Special Quest is on YouTube. You can check out my tour dates on andrewsteiner.net that'll have links to my socials and everything like that and i'm gonna start a patreon soon where i'm just gonna because all my sets are pretty much improvised so i'm gonna be posting a new set each week up there for subscribers so that's something to look out for yeah awesome man yeah because i was gonna ask like you know with doing that kind of improv comedy like that like it you'll never get the same show twice so how do you go about like kind of capturing each one as you go you know because sometimes yeah, you, you, got, you got to capture some magic sometimes yeah you know? i videotape pretty much every set at least with a decent audience so you know i got a lot of footage and um yeah 
Awesome. Well, um, well, thank you for coming on the uh, the podcast. I'm going to put all your all your links and stuff uh, in the show notes. So if you want to go check everything out, it's going to be right there in the show notes, everybody. So uh, is there anything you want to plug, like any shows you got coming up in the next week or so you want to want to put out there for everybody? Yeah, Philly Fringe, uh, September 7, 8, and 9. I will be there doing my one-man show, Expelled, which is uh, does have some structure, <laughs> but... Not as much as you might think by the poster. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm also going to be with Matthew Silver and uh, this brilliant com- comic Steve Gerard up in Rochester Fringe Festival, the 14th, 15th, and 17th. Awesome. What about you, Jacob? You got anything coming up? Yes, sir. Uh, as far as seeing me do stand-up, September 16th, I will be doing a Don't Tell comedy set in Ooh. Ocean Springs. I can't tell you where at because I don't know where it is. Uh, October 6th, I will be competing in Stone vs. Drunk vs. Sober, which is the best comedy competition in the entire world. I will be on Team Drunk, representing. I will be in the spirit. And mm-hmm. also next week, we have the return of the fabulous Neil Rubenstein, promoting his brand new special, his first special, Have Some Dignity. We've got Mike Cronin coming on the podcast. We've got Matt O'Brien coming on the podcast. And I've still got a lot of open dates to book for. So you're going to see so many more fabulous comedians come through the Open Micros podcast. And go check out our blog on, our, on openmicrospodcast.com. I just put up a new blog post uh, yesterday, doing pretty well. And uh, yeah, go, go read all that stuff. So go do that. And join our Patreon at, at patreon.com slash podcast. Help us out. Keep the lights on here at the show. And I don't have anything booked right now so i'm just being lazy so as soon as i get something booked i'll let you guys know but uh i think that's gonna do it for this week let me play some music here if you want to email us email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com we're at openmicers.com and also go to our link tree link tree slash openmicerspodcast it'll take you everywhere you need to go and also don't forget to go to brezcoffeeco.com and use that code ompodcast at checkout for 10% off your order. We thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next week. I think I played bass for Brown Lube in high school. (laughs) This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.